Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! What's up, Montana? Welcome in. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. If you are watching on TV or you're streaming the show on YouTube, appreciate you being here, but you probably, well, you definitely don't see us in studio because we're not there. We are here, Idaho Central Arena. The Big Sky Tournament back in full force in Boise, Idaho. Wednesday, always the busiest day of the year here at the Big Sky Tournament. We are on the third and final game of the first round of men's action. And this evening, we got a doubleheader for the semifinals with a championship bid on the line. So we'll get you through and updated on everything that has transpired throughout the women's tournament as they reach its completion and as the men's tournament gets underway. From Coulter Nuanas, we're broadcasting through the Northwest Motorsports Studio. March into savings with Northwest Motorsports Mark.
Lockdown Madness. They're providing special APRs all month long. You can get a truckload of savings on the greatest specials of trucks, trucks, and more trucks at Northwest Motorsport. Go check out Northwest Motorsport online at nwmsrocks.com. ton of stuff to get to today as our tournament takeover continues. We'll get you all the way updated on both the women's and men's tournaments and give you some impressions and some of the best storylines from around the conference here off the top. Andrew Houghton from ESPN Missoula as well as Skyline Sports will join me here in just a few minutes. We're also going to hear from Krista Redpath today. It will be live because Krista is the color commentator for the Big Sky Women's Tournament and she will be live on ESPN Plus at 5.30, so it's just easier for her to swing in here around 4.30, so we'll see her around 4.30. Look forward to having her on the show. We also are going to step outside the basketball world and talk a little football. We talked just a couple minutes of spring football with University of Montana voice of the Grizz, Riley Corcoran, yesterday, and we'll hear from UM head football coach Bobby Houck today. I caught up with Coach Houck before I left town on Friday, and uh, so we'll get some impressions from Coach Houck on what he thinks of the Grizz this spring. Top of the hour, hour number two, we'll get kicked off with a reunion of sorts. A guy I used to love hanging out with back in the day before this tournament went neutral site, and we're reunited and it feels so good. Tanaka Beard, Big Sky Conference legend, a guy who was one of the great players in the history of this league at Boise State in the early 1990s. A guy who had an unbelievably successful career playing all around the globe and has now stayed a part of the game, stayed involved in the game as an analyst and a color commentator for a variety of different outlets and entities. He was the color commentator for the Big Sky Tournament for several years when it was at a uh, neutral site. And now with this ESPN Plus that we got rolling with Barry Luce Cook as the host and myself as an analyst, Carla Taylor, former Weber State head coach on the women's side and Tanaka Beard on the men's side. So Tanaka will join us, give us some of his analysis. We're also going to give you all the details of our ESPN Bracket Challenge presented in part by Paradise Falls. We have, count them up, almost $2,500 in prizes. So we'll let you know all of what we got going on. And we'll also talk a little NFL, some big deals when it comes to quarterbacks on the move in the National Football League. We'll do that about 5.30. So there you go. It's your show outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any questions you have in the local real estate market, give Brent and his team a call at any time. You want to watch the show, listen to the show, stream it on your mobile device, your tablet, your cell phone, your laptop, whatever it might be. Head on over to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live, and you'll find the stream. You want to be a part of the show? It's also a Wing It Wednesday, so we have an opportunity for you to win a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. We'll do that about 545 because we're, excuse me, 445. Because we're here, you're going to want to text us rather than call us. But the number to be involved in the show in any fashion, whether it's to win that giveaway or to be a part of the action, Commentate on the action. Give us your opinions on what's going on, questions you might have. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. And all guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Big shot by Angelo Allegri from Eastern Washington. He hits a three to stop the bleeding. We got an upset alert here. Northern Arizona, the 11 seed. That's right. That's the last place seed. They are up 60-57 to 57 with nine minutes and change remaining in this game. 
Carson Tout, he's been a beast. I've been talking this kid up all season long. He's one of the most uh, bruising and high-motor power forwards in the big sky. I think every team could use a Carson Tout. And uh, he's got 16 points, 12 rebounds. Jalen Cohen also has 16 points for Northern Arizona as they are uh, pushing Eastern Washington heavily. Lifton Eclise, who was a uh, big, all big sky selection, transferred from San Francisco State. He's got 17 points. Riley Bergeson, a transfer from Central Arkansas, has 15. And Steel Venters, Eastern Washington's leading scorer, has 10 for the Eagles. But NAU up by one here uh, with under nine minutes to play. Nuanas now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. This is the third Big Sky Conference game of the day and certainly the best one. Uh, not great games early. I mean, the, the Sacramento State-Idaho game to kick the day off was a close game in its score, but it wasn't that good of a game. But Bryce Fowler, that story continues. He has scored 20 points or more nine times in the last month. He had 26 today. So the Sac State fifth-year senior, he leads the Hornets into the quarterfinals. They get past Idaho 57-54. So the Hornets will take on top-seeded Montana State tomorrow at noon in the first quarterfinal of the men's tournament. The other result that's in the books today, Portland State turned it on in the second half. They were losing 31-30 to a completely outmanned Idaho State team. But then they roll after halftime, and they emerge with a 66-52 win, so Portland State into the second round as well. And uh, I'm impressed with the style that they play and also like Jace Coburn, the coach, and definitely think that Portland State's peaking at the right time. They have won nine of the last 12 games, so they're definitely a team that's maybe surging at the right time. But this game that we got played out in front of us, certainly the, the best game so far uh, in the men's tournament. Uh, Andrew, Andrew Houghton with us now here on uh, ESPN Radio. And, uh, I mean, oh, we, I guess we should go through results from last night as well. The women's quarterfinals are, are complete. We gave you a bunch of results yesterday, but there was two games that finished after this show was over. So we got you the results of the Northern Colorado 72-54 win over top-seeded Idaho State in the women's tournament. We also gave you live coverage of the Lady Grizz falling and getting knocked out. 75-57, Montana loses to Northern Arizona in the women's tournament. And then the game that was going on while we were on the air, Montana State and Weber State, they were in a slugfest when we were on the radio. But then we, uh, Idaho, excuse me, Montana State pulls all the way away. Cola Badbear and Darian White leading the charge for the Bobcats. And the second seed from Montana State, they are into the semifinals with an 81-60 win. And then in the nightcap, wasn't a surprise to me. It was sort of a surprise to people that hadn't followed Big Sky Hoops very closely, but it was not a surprise to me. Six-seeded Idaho takes down Southern Utah, the three-seed, without much problem. 77-64, uh, the Vandals move on. So I'll just leave it open-ended, Andrew. I mean, main impressions so far from the first couple days here in Boise. Well, the shocker was the Idaho State loss, but I think on the women's side, the teams that we thought might be in it are looking really good, and that's Montana State and, uh, and Idaho. And Idaho was a team that a little bit under the radar but closed the season strong, has a ton of talent. And they just have not had any issues. I think we all expected that they were going to handle Portland State pretty easily. But just no sweat against Southern Utah in the late game last night. And now they're they're rolling. And great matchup between them and, uh, and Montana State in the semifinals. Well, one thing that I've observed at these neutral site tournaments, and this is the seventh one that we've covered at Skyline Sports, and the, the fifth one we've had the pleasure of broadcasting from... 
is that at these neutral sites, a lot of times a lot of the factors are completely mitigated and or eliminated. Obviously, one is the home court advantage. Uh, another is the officiating. I think that because there's not a home court advantage and, and because of the structure of the, officially, the official selection, the officiating is a lot better at these tournaments, and the games are a lot cleaner. They go a lot faster. Part of that, I think, is an emphasis to get the games done because you have another one coming up. But also, the, the refs are just a little bit more in the zone. They get to call multiple games throughout the week. And, and, you know, I mean, right now in this arena, there's probably, I don't know, what you say, 500 people here? It's right. not like a 5,000-person right. screaming crowd that you'd see in Missoula or Bozeman. But the other thing that I've always saw in these tournaments is individual talent seems to rise to the top. And we saw that yesterday uh, in the women's tournaments, whether it was Kirsten Harden from Northern Colorado or Karika Rashid from NAU or Darian White and Cole Badbear from Montana State, or Beyonce B and, and Sidney Gandy from Idaho. And then today, I mean, Bryce Fowler carried Sac State into the quarterfinals for Sac State, and Khalid Thomas played one of his best games as a Portland State Viking. Well, we're and seeing it in this game right here, that's too. A, that's exactly right. And that, and that you is the last place team in this men's tournament. And why are they in this game? Because they have two really good players in Jalen Cohn and Carson Tau. That's right. I mean, Northern Arizona is sort of a team that was a little bit puzzling this year because they did have those good players. Jalen Cohn sort of came in and took the lead by, league by storm. Really good shooter, really good with the ball in his hands, but they sort of fell off at the end of the year and fell to that 11 seed. But I think among the uh, the Idaho-Idaho State sort of Northern Arizona trio at the bottom of the league, I think a lot of coaches would say they would rather not play Northern Arizona. It's because of those two guys, and we're seeing it right now as they uh, continue to lead Eastern Washington. The dynamic, too, if you can get through this first game, there's so many different styles in the league. And so then you become, you get a, a, a big advantage. I asked Jace Coburn this. Because Portland State is really tough to prepare for. Because they play this crazy style where they press you all over the place. But it's not just your standard Nolan Richardson, 40 minutes of hell. It's all these weird traps. Sometimes they send the hard traps. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they back off and play soft pressure. Sometimes they're just playing a straight man press. I had to ask the Idaho State guys about that. And, yeah, man, it's challenging. And so then when you win a tournament game, now all of a sudden it's not that much of a dynamic right now because Danny Sprinkle and Montana State likely had scouts already prepared for, uh, excuse me, Southern Utah is who plays Portland State. But either way, I, I'm sure Todd Simon, Southern Utah, had scouts prepared for, for either Portland State or Idaho State. And you probably spent a little more time scouting Portland State, one, because you think they're going to win, but two, just because it is way more complicated than the pretty simple style that Idaho State plays. But if Portland State was to get another one, then all of a sudden they become a complete nightmare because you only have one day of turnaround, no practice time really whatsoever. It's a shoot-around for your guys to, to get prepared for them. So uh, just interesting the way that the, the styles work uh, in this tournament. Northern Arizona is not just hanging. They are keeping Eastern Washington at bay. It's 67-60 to 60 NAU with six minutes and change to go. So not quite panic time yet for the Eagles, but uh, it's easy to forget. This Eastern Washington team is the defending league champs. They lost everybody from a year ago. Their head coach in Shante Leggins, the Big Sky MVP and Tanner Groves, and eight other guys in their rotation. So it's a completely new look, but they do have a lot of talent. They can score the basketball. So even though we both, NAU is pretty good, 
this would be a big upset if uh, if Northern Arizona was able to pull this one out. I think it would be because a lot of people were looking at that Eastern Washington team as maybe the uh, the unseeded team, I guess you would say, out of the top five. They could make the run, and again, I mean, we're talking about Northern Arizona's guys. Same thing with Eastern Washington. I mean, Eastern Washington's got a lot of talent, man. Linton McLeese, sort of a sort of a unique player, but I'm loving the matchup with him and Tao because they're sort of two of the same, like back to the basket, post scores, big burly guys going at it. So I like that, and of course, Eastern Washington with Ryland Burgesson as well. I mean, they're they're a team that a lot of people looked at as potentially making a run, but on the ropes here now. Going is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. If you're watching on TV and you don't see us, it's because we're not there. We're here at the Big Sky Tournament in Boise, Idaho. Coming to you live from Idaho Central Arena. Appreciate the boys in the back, Jeff Safford, Tommy Evans, for getting us on the air, helping us take the radio show on the road. And thanks to all of our great sponsors, including Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference. As a family-owned community bank with locations throughout the Treasure State, Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is that your money stays in the local economy supporting your friends and neighbors. Let's talk a little bit about the results yesterday that happened after this show was over, specifically the one involving Montana State. Weaver State was kind of bullying the Cats early. They were giving up Cola Bad Bear jump shots until they made an adjustment to maybe try to take that away. But by that time, she was cooking so much that she ends up finishing 8 of 9 from the floor. She hits all three of her three-point attempts and scores a career-high 23 points. And then you look at Darian White. Weber was doing a great job clogging the paint in the first half. But then, as they say, the juice is loose. She got loose in the second half. And when she gets rolling like that, and it's just punch, counterpunch, punch, counterpunch, you're going to take away this. I'm going to do that. She's the best player in the league. And so I thought it was awesome to watch those two as juniors dominate for Montana State, and they took a game in which they were trailing by 12 points late in the first half and turned into a runaway. They went by 21 and booked their third straight ticket to the semifinals here at Boise. Yeah, it was nice to see them do that, especially after Idaho State went out in the morning. They suddenly take the mantle as they're the tournament favorite now. They're the highest remaining seed. Uh, best game I've ever seen Cola Bad Bear play. I mean, she came out and hit two three-pointers in the first couple minutes of it. And those were important shots because she was the only one who had it going early for Montana State. Helped them stay in the game. And then, yeah, man, Darian White in the second half, scoreless at halftime. Comes out, of, comes out of the locker room, boom, boom, boom. Three buckets in the first minute and eight seconds of that second half. Goes on to put up 22 points all in the second half. Just what a performance. And, of course, coming out of sort of, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, all the discourse around the Big Sky MVP selection for women. I mean, Darian White just put her stamp on the game in the second half. I wrote a story about Darian White and all that she does for Montana State. You can find that on SkylineSportsMT.com. We just made it live this morning. Wanted to get that one in uh, in case Montana State lost. But go check that story out if you want to read a little bit more about Darian White and just all the different things she does and some thoughts from some coaches and players from around the league on, on her prowess and her talent. Cool for her, too, to be playing here in her hometown of Boise. She had a, a pretty good contingent on hand here to, to watch her as well. Uh, Andrew, you were on the show yesterday to lead the show while the Lady Grizz were playing, but they had just finished, so you had to trot over to the press conference. So, uh, two-part question on the Lady Grizz. First of all, what did you think of the result as they got blasted by Northern Arizona and they lose in the postseason again? But also, uh, what did you think of... What did you think of uh, the press conference with Brian Holsinger? 
interesting, right? I mean, it was, uh, you know, tough to see Sophia Styles and Abby Anderson up there where they don't know if their careers are going to continue uh, or if that was going to be it for them. But, yeah, I mean, Brian Holsinger, I think, put a lot of eggs into the basket of this was a difficult year for them, and there were some external things that handicapped them, and that's true. They had periods where they couldn't practice. They had periods where they had games canceled, and then coming off of that, they had periods where they had to play a bunch of games at once. And that's all true, but also that happened to everybody in the league, and if you're putting so much on those things, when you come back and you're playing through a full season next year, you got to show the improvement. So that's what I thought coming out of that uh, out of that press conference and going into it, you know, for, for next year. It sort of sets up an interesting dynamic for next year. There's the reality of the situation that it was a tough year for Montana. But the reality of the situation is that it was a tough year for everybody. Right. You can talk about playing four road Monday games in a row in February. Okay. Well, Paul State played every single Monday of 2022. Every right. single Monday, including six of six of the eight of those games on the road. And then having to play the Monday game here at this tournament, too. So... Yeah, I don't know. And you can't blame Brian Holsinger for putting it on that right, putting it on that after he's just seen his team season end, didn't play the way that they wanted to, of course, in that Northern Arizona game, and he said that very explicitly. You know, you're thinking about all the things that went wrong during the season. Of course you're thinking about that, but you're right. I mean, everybody had it. And the other thing is that, oh man, how do you even articulate this without being too harsh? I mean, I guess who cares? We're on ESPN Radio. It's now. This Lady Grizz team was almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy of failure. We heard internally and externally for so long. This team is damaged. They're scarred psychologically. They can't get over the top. You know, and then the narrative coming out of the Bobcat win was we conquered one of our demons. We conquered one of our hurdles. The narrative coming out of the Sac State win that punched them a ticket to the Big Sky uh, tournament with a bye. We can't, we can't overcame another one. We won a big game to get a, to get a seat. So those are worth noting as accomplishments for Montana for sure. But I also think that when you put the self-fulfilling prophecies in players' heads, like when you imply narratives, then a lot of times kids will fulfill the narratives, whether they're successful or not. I just think that the fact is part of what the lady – here's the dichotomy of the situation. The best thing that Montana has going in terms of their advantage against the rest of the league is the pride and tradition of the Lady Grizz program. It's also the hardest obstacle that Montana is going to have to overcome because how do you embrace the tradition that has existed at Montana for so long while also not being overwhelmed by it? I'm writing a profile on Travis DeCure, and Blaine Taylor had a great quote. He said, the shadow of the coaching tree at Montana for the university's men's basketball team continues to get longer, yet Travis has not tried to hide from the shadow. That's a huge part of the Lady Grizz. And I'm not, I'm no expert on this. I'm not Brian Holsinger. I do think that Holsinger, when he gets things turned around, I, th- I think he will get things turned around when he has his own players in. Because I do think he's just going to recruit at a different level. And he's going to use all the glitz and glam and shiny toys that Montana has to, to get really good players, different players than they've gotten in the past. It will go from like a developmental program like it was under Robin Selvig to then a program that can get four-star recruits like they already have one that signed up. But that said, I would say 
stop talking about anything that was in the past if I was them. Talk about it internally. Talk about embracing it and representing it. But talking about, oh, we overcame this from the last couple of years. We overcame that from the last couple of years. That's why when they stepped on this court, they looked like they were haunted by demons. They, they played their worst game of the year at the Big Sky Championship. And you have to think some of that was just them thinking about all of their other failures previously here. Yeah, and that's the thing. It wasn't, I mean, we all know everything. Anything can happen in March. That wasn't a game where you lost because a couple shots went, went your way or didn't go your way at the end of the game. Just completely outplayed by, by a good Northern Arizona team, but a team that they were really competitive with in the regular season. Yeah, they look like a lot of a, a different team. The other thing about, you know, the history and tradition of the Lady Grizz, and we've talked about this, Coulter, if you're so determined to get back to where it was when Robin Selvig had it, how much does that stop you from being able to evolve and do things differently? That's exactly right. And so we'll, we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, all in all, I think a fine season uh, for Montana uh, in women's uh, basketball. Nearly, nearly 20 wins. and they, wins, yep. They might have a chance, and I know Brian Holsinger brought this up in the postgame press conference, to uh, to play in a postseason tournament. Uh, I, I, I do think because they draw really well, they will get a bid to, like, the CBI or something like that. And and Brian Holsinger was very, uh, you know, excited about the chance to go and, of course, wipe away the memory of that Northern Arizona game. I think they will, too. I was talking with... Seton Sobolewski, the Idaho State head coach earlier today, just talking about his team's going to the WNIT because they have an auto bid. Uh, but he thought Montana had a real chance to also grab a bid because their non-conference schedule was so good, their net rating was high. So we might not have seen the last of this Lady Grizz team. Duanas now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, coming to you live from Idaho Central Arena. NAU still in control, 70-67. to 67. It's getting close. There's only three minutes to go, but upset alert for real here in the third and final first-round game of the Big Sky Men's Tournament. This is our tournament takeover, presented in part by J&V Restaurant Supply. J&V is your home for everything kitchen. Whether you're a bear or a bobcat, an eagle or a scotty, you can win big with J&V. They have three locations throughout the state of Montana, Bozeman Buildings and Great Falls. Or you can visit their great website, jvrestaurant.com. JNV is proud to sponsor athletics across Montana. You can get everything for your next event at JNV, your restaurant specialist. Last thought on the, the quarterfinals of the women's tournament because we're going to be uh, watching the semifinals before this show is even over. Uh, but Idaho bidding Southern Utah farewell and... Uh, John Newley, in typical brash John Newley fashion, he literally waved down the bench when there were two minutes to go at Southern Utah. But Idaho pretty much cruises, and I know that wasn't that big of a surprise to either one of us. No, I don't think so. We've been saying it for a little bit here. Idaho, when they figure it out, man, they've got the talent, and uh, they figured it out at the end of the regular season, kept it rolling into the tournament. Sydney Gandy, 15 points, shot really well last night. She's such an X factor for that, that man because... That's the DNA of John Newley's teams, and this team has really good post players in Beyonce B and Louise Forsyth. The DNA of those teams is just to shoot and shoot and shoot and overwhelm other teams by, you know, hitting threes. And Sydney Gandy's such a big X factor there because sometimes she can, sometimes she really can't, and she can shoot them out of games. Last night I thought she was really composed, took the shots when, you know, when they were open, and that sort of allows the other elements of her game to play up, the handles, the passing, running the offense. Really good performance for Idaho. 
NHL men's tournament. Sac State won the opening game. It seems like they always were playing in the 9:30 game. They're always the eight or the nine at these neutral side tournaments. But they always seem to have a senior who doesn't want to lose. Whether it was Justin Strings or Marcus Graves, now it's Bryce Fowler, and he scores 26 points to lead Sac past Idaho. So they will get a crack at Montana State tomorrow at noon. The second game of the quarterfinals tomorrow will feature the Grizzman versus Weber State. Ninth time in 12 years. The uh, Grizzlies and the Wildcats will have played in the postseason. Portland State, they really dominated the second half against Idaho State. And they get a, a win to earn a shot at Southern Utah. I think that's going to be a good game, actually, because Portland State can hang with Southern Utah athletically. And then we're going to have the winner of this game, which NAU leads 71-69 with 210 remaining over Eastern Washington. The winner of this one will play Northern Colorado. So uh, what do you think of some of the draws tomorrow? I guess first start with the Cats. Sac State has won five out of seven after losing 12 of their first 14 games under Brian Laird, uh, the interim coach there for the Hornets. Uh, yes. Montana State, though, are they... Should they be worried about the sack team? I think uh, they should because, like you mentioned, I mean, Bryce Fowler is the hottest player in the league right now. Uh, another great performance this morning. I mean, I keep saying it, but this is March. I mean, one player can change games. If he goes off for 35, man, yeah, anything can happen. Uh, but, no, I think Montana State, we've seen them all year win these games. I think it will probably be close in the second half of that game, for at, sure. least, at least for a stretch. They've shown this year that they pull those games out. And I think if Montana State is fully healthy, and I know Jabril Bello had some stuff at the end of the year. I know Xavier Bishop had some stuff at the end of the year. That would be the worry for them. But other than that, I think that the depth of Montana State and just the way they've shown that they can win these close games this year uh, should be enough. Seal Ventures with a and-one opportunity. His bucket ties it. His free-throw attempt will give it Eastern Washington uh, the ability to take the lead. Exactly two minutes remaining, 71-71. Six-seeded Eastern Washington versus 11th-seeded Northern Arizona coming down to the wire here uh, in Boise. The other thing about the Montana State-Sac State matchup on the men's side is that uh, Sac is a bad matchup for a lot of teams. Montana State is the worst matchup in the league for Sac because Sac has nobody that can guard Jabril Bello, and Montana State has a bunch of guys that can throw at Bryce Fowler. Uh, so I, I do think the Bobcats, you know, you got to be keen to anything because right now we're watching the last-place team push the defending tournament champions. But I, I think that Montana State should be uh, the favorite in that one. How about the Grizz versus Weber State? Montana has just owned Randy Ray in the in the postseason. But these two teams, it's so interesting. Pearl State is the seventh seed, but they've won nine out of twelve. Sac State's the ninth seed, but they've won five out of seven. Well, Weber's the fourth seed, but they lost six out of eight. And Montana's the five seed, and they've lost six out of the last nine. So actually the two teams that have struggled the most over the last month are the two teams playing in the four or five game. And they're both trying to find something in this game. You know they're both saying the same thing in both locker rooms because they are. They have been struggling. They need to find it. And of course, now they get to do it against each other. We were we were State versus Montana in the tournament. I think we're going to see a really good game in that one. I think that it's the exact same dynamic as what the keys of the game for the Lady Grizz were against Northern Arizona. If the Lady Grizz would have dictated the game and it would have been a defensive slugfest, that's huge advantage Montana in that women's matchup because NAU is one of the most run-and-gun teams in the league, whereas Montana wants to grind you out, use its size, play deliberately in the half court. Well, Montana sort of came out and ran up and down the court and let NAU get into a track meet, and they got smoked. It's the same thing with this Weber-Montana game. If it's a Montana-style of game, 
Montana's going to dominate this game. If it's Weber's style of game, the Grizz can't score to keep up with Weber State. So I just think it's all about setting the tone early and whoever dictates the tempo and the pace, that's going to be the team that has the upper hand in that matchup. Yeah, and a lot of really good uh, individual matchups in that one too. Josh Bannon and Dylan Jones, uh, the Weber State guards against the Montana guards with guys like Seku Sosoho Jawara against Robbie Beasley and, and Brandon Whitney. Um, just looking forward to that one. And, and, and it is huge for, for both of these teams because when you're ending your season on that sort of skid and then you're bounced in the first round of the tournament because you end up with that 4-5 game in the quarterfinals, suddenly you're going into your offseason with nothing to sort of hold on to. I mean, you don't want to lose that game. And last thing for you then, even though it's a 2-7 game, I think Southern Utah-Portland State is the most unpredictable game that we'll maybe we'll see in the tournament. Highlight factory. Because you have no idea. Yeah. Like, this could be any result in this you could talk me into. Close win for either side, blowout for either side, 100 points on either side. You could talk me into any of them. Because we've seen both these teams, I mean, Portland State this morning when they got it rolling against Idaho State and they're yes. just feeding off the momentum and celebrating every basket and throwing down dunks, and that just kept feeding and feeding into it. Man, they could just go on a run, but Southern Utah is the exact same way because they have the guys who like to play off the momentum. They have the guys who can make the highlights that just gets everybody fired up and into it. So, like, yeah, I mean, both these teams could match those runs or one of these teams could just grab the momentum and keep rolling with it and just throw a party the entire game and win by 25. The Luana's Now Tournament Takeover brought to you in part by Vance Thompson Vision. It's game day. Get ready for the action. Fast breaks, slam dunks, buzzer beating three-pointers, and more. Can you see all the game day excitement? Like, really see it? If you wished your vision was clearer, Vance Thompson Vision's world-class team and experienced doctors can help. They use the most advanced technology to provide you with the best possible outcome for your eyes. Request your free laser vision consultation from the premier LASIK and cataract surgeons in the state of Montana. Visit VanceThompsonVision.com today. 62 seconds left here in the final first round game of the Big Sky Tournament. Eastern Washington clinging to a 74-71 lead from upstart Northern Arizona. We will likely have a final for you on the other side. Chris Redpath around the Big Sky Women's Hoops live next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now. ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. 
The men's side of the Big Sky Conference basketball tournament in Boise is underway. Meanwhile, the women are closing in on determining the championship game matchup for 2022. Hello, I am Jeff Safford. The Big Sky men's tournament opened on Wednesday morning. Eighth-seeded Idaho and number nine, Sacramento State, got the action kicked off. The winner advanced to Thursday's noon quarterfinal to take on regular season champion Montana State. The second first-round game of the day features number seven, Portland State, taking on number 10, Idaho State. The winner of that game advances to Thursday's third quarterfinal against second-seeded Southern Utah at 5.30. And the third men's game Wednesday featuring sixth-seeded and defending tournament champion Eastern Washington taking on number 11, Northern Arizona. The winner advances to play number three, Northern Colorado. In the women's tournament, a few upsets highlighted the quarterfinals on Tuesday. In the first game of the day, eighth-seeded Northern Colorado took down number one, Idaho State, 72-54, knocking out the two-time regular season Big Sky and reigning tournament champion number four northern arizona breezed by montana 75 57 number two montana state blitzed weber state 81 to 60 and number six idaho earned a 77 64 win over southern utah to send the t-birds packing in their final big sky tourney for full tournament updates tune in to nuanas now right here on espn this 102.9 espn missoula sports center is brought to you by aspen sound ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. If you're watching on TV and you don't see us, it's because we're not there. We are here at Idaho Central Arena, downtown Boise, Idaho. The Big Sky Tournament in full force. The men's action underway, and it's about to be upset averted. Northern Arizona took Eastern Washington all the way down the wire, but Eastern is ahead 76-73, 12.2 seconds left. And Riley Bergeson, the outstanding transfer from Central Arkansas, heading to the free throw line. A couple free throws here, and he will just about seal it. It's not quite over, and uh, NAU might have one last shot at it, but NAU was up by four points. Oh, and Riley Bergeson misses the first free throw. NAU was up by four, and then they missed four consecutive shots at the rim, and they're not able to close this thing out, but it's still a little bit left. I thought we might have a final for you right when we got back. Ferguson hits the second, so Eastern now up four with 12.2 left, and now Jalen Cohn, he gets to the rim. His shot is off. Rebound by Carson Tout, it's in, so 3.4 seconds left, and Eastern Washington's up two, so probably one more foul and an opportunity. Oh, and it's a touchdown pass to Linton McLeese. And uh, Cleese will go to the free throw line for two. So we'll give you a final once this is all done. But we're down here in Boise. It's our tournament takeover. Let's dive into around the big sky and women's hoops. So Krista Redpath. Krista is on the call for each and every one of the games with Jenny Cavanaugh here on ESPN Plus doing an outstanding job calling all the women's action. Around the big sky and women's hoops this week is presented by Man Mortgage. Man Mortgage is your local hometown mortgage lender. If you're looking to buy or build a new home this year, refinance to a lower rate or use your home equity for an exciting new project. 
make sure to call Man Mortgage, a family-owned Montana company. Man Mortgage has been serving Montana's communities statewide since 1989. Man Mortgage tried, trusted, and proven. You've heard from Krista a couple times this week, but we had to pre-record because she's been on calls for the duration of this week. Linton Cleese hits his second free throw, so this is actually a three-point game with three seconds to go. Well, Krista, thanks for being here, and uh, how you feeling? How's your voice going? And that's a lot of games to call uh, the first couple days of this tournament here in Boise. I'm feeling great, Coulter. Um, you know, it's definitely tiring calling seven games in two days. I think I was pretty shot last night, um, but just so much fun to progress with the tournament. I think that's what you really like is that as teams, you see certain players step up that maybe didn't in the regular season that become pivotal parts of this championship run and I think that's been really neat to be a part of. This game is coming down the wire and it's just sort of an interesting microcosm of what March is all about. I actually thought NAU was very impressive when I saw them in Missoula. Part of that was because they beat the Grizzlies and uh, it was one of the most perplexing losses of the Montana men's basketball season. But NAU's got some players. Eastern Washington's the defending league champions. So uh, upset alert all around. My question for you though is this. I often think that showing letting teams or letting players watch potential upsets might influence their mentality. Do you think so? I mean, do you think that if you're still alive in this tournament and you're watching this, it gets in your own head? Or is it the other way around? Is it sort of like, hey, we got to bring our best because anybody can beat anybody? Well, that's a really interesting point, Coulter. You always bring me, you always kind of give me this perplexity to ponder. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I do think that you could play it probably both ways. I do think that you watch as a player. I mean, being a former player, I can jump in, back into those shoes, and I know tournaments we've played in, and you watch various teams play, you could see certain players that stepped up and had a great game, and automatically in your head, you thought, well, they're going to do it against us, or I'm going to have to find a way to stop them. So, different mentality with this tournament, though. I do love how all the teams are able to see each other, and there's proximity of people being able to, like, roam around and have random conversations in elevators and things like that. There's certain parts of the tournament that you might not be able to get a head coach on an elevator like I have. And certain elements to it that I really enjoy, but the basketball piece is pretty intense. 78-75, the clock reads triple zeros, but the officials are reviewing to see how much time is going to be put back on the clock. Looks like just .1 seconds, so you need .3 seconds to actually get a shot off. So this one is basically a formality. It is basically over in Eastern Washington. The defending Big Sky champions, defending Big Sky tournament champions, will survive in the final game of the opening round of the men's tournament. But great effort by Northern Arizona to push Eastern down to the wire. This is an NAU team with no seats. One of the only teams in the United States of America that does not have a senior here. So the future will be bright uh, for NAU. And wow, Jalen Cohn's last gasp effort almost makes it. That one would have probably had to go uh, to review as well. But Eastern Washington escapes. The sixth seed moves on 78-75. They'll play Northern Colorado in the final quarterfinal tomorrow at 8 p.m. This is around the Big Summer Hoops of Crystal Red Path. Our tournament takeover here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio, which is presented in part by Crawford's Automotive. From oil changes to brakes, tune-ups to transmissions, Crawford's will get you on the road. Call 
877-867-7705 today. Let's go through the games yesterday. First and foremost, we talked before the tournament started about the defending champion Idaho State Bengals, but they never had much mojo, and all the mojo seemed to be on Northern Colorado's side. The eighth seed destroys the defending Big Sky champs and cruises to an 18-point victory. And if you didn't know the seeds before the game, I don't know if you would have thought that was much of an upset because Northern Colorado thoroughly dominated in the second half against Idaho State. They did, but they had a good game plan to zone Idaho State. I think it, it, it forced them to have to take off-balance jump shots that at times they've been able to make, but I don't think that that's where they really shine. UNC had them scouted. I also think that something else was interesting about that game is that Idaho State doesn't have a true center, and that's been something that people bring up kind of in conversation, but they've able to win the regular season, so it wasn't as big of a storyline, but Kristen Harden had just an incredible game, 23 points, 9 rebounds, and really took advantage of their lack of center for Idaho State. Um, Ellie Smith is more of a forward. She for starts sure. at the center position, but I think when it comes down to a body that is really being physical down low and dominating the paint, Kristen Harden really took it to Idaho State. Schematically, too, Seton Sobolewski such an awesome schematics coach with his, his adjustments. He gave all the praise to Chris Amadio in the postgame because if you notice in that game, Idaho State started out fronting Harden, and then he started setting backside screens, and they were getting wide-open baseline jump shots. And, and then they start doubling Harden, and then Northern Colorado does whatever they want all the way around the paint. So it was great adjustments. I thought Chris Amadio showed her chops as a coach. Well, Hannah Simital is a player. She has emerged as one of the best players in this league, no question, Absolutely. as a Absolutely, and she looks like she's 12 out there. <laughs> she I mean, really she's does. Just like, but she's so composed for just being a sophomore and part of a basketball family, and it's just been so incredible to watch her. And I was able to go to Northern Colorado's practice on Sunday, and I was it was so methodical and detail-oriented and just very smooth. And so I was impressed, and I thought, this is a team that could do some damage here, and they've shown that so far. So the men's tournament first round is in the books, and the semifinals for the women will begin here in about 45 minutes. Northern Colorado, the eighth seed, will play Northern Arizona, the four seed. Northern Arizona blew past the Lady Grizz. I've analyzed this game a lot because we had Riley Corcoran on postgame yesterday. But your thoughts on that game? Because NAU, they wanted it to be an up-and-down game. They got it to be an up-and-down game. But the Lady Grizz, they did not show well at this time. Tournament. Turnovers. Uh, 22 of them, which yes, is an un many, in insurmountable number, really. Too many turnovers, and they just didn't make shots when they needed to. And that's really the two themes of the game for Montana. And I think that's enough. Um, I, I think Kyrika Rashid had an incredible game, 17 points, 10 rebounds. I think she really did a good job underneath, and we just weren't able to respond, the Lady Grizz. I thought that the return of Sammy Fackin actually hurt Montana, not because of her play, but because then they had dual ball handlers, and it was really hard for Montana to find pace. They had become accustomed to sort of the deliberate style of Sophia Styles. Fackin comes in, she tries to really push it. You could tell she was really excited, but she was kind of trying to do too much, but then it was just, it was very awkward for the rest of the team, and they couldn't get into their high-low stuff, and, and Carmen G. Feller didn't get nearly the number of shots and touches she needed, and so it all just culminated. It's unfortunate, but the more things change, the more the state they say, and the Lady Grizzlies have a really hard time at these neutral site tournaments. 
some of it is mental yep. as well, and I think it's going to take uh, just, I think the, what I want to say is that I think the team that wins here in Boise, they're tough. For sure. They're tough. They can fight through adversity, and they can, and Montana State actually showed that. For and, sure. you know, we're, we'll talk about their depth, and we'll get into their game in a little bit, but I, I think that Montana has some growing up to do in that area. And, it, you know, obviously it's disappointing. I've heard from a lot of Lady Grizz fans that are disappointed. I think there's bright spots to take from it. New program, new direction. For sure. And I think that that's one way to look at it. For sure. The two quarterfinals games in the evening, Weber State tried to bully Montana State. They had uh, good success doing it for, like, the first 15 minutes of the game. They led 31-19, and you're thinking, wow, is this just going to be a day full of upsets? But then Cole Badbear was consistent and steady from start to finish. In the first half, Darian White did nothing because Weber State was completely packing the paint. In the second half, I mean, I keep saying it, that's why she's the MVP of the league. She had 23 points and four assists after halftime alone. She absolutely looked like the best player in the league. And she had four steals. Exactly. So she's actually a player we're going to feature for day two. I think Weber's legs caught up to him, honestly, day two. I think you run out of steam playing that style of basketball. Uh, you could see that they were somewhat tired, and Montana State came out with a vengeance. I mean, they really came out dialed in. Um, they do have a lot of depth. I sometimes wonder about that in terms of cohesiveness and how the game is going to flow. So that was a concern of mine, but Coach Binford had an answer for everything that was put in front of him. It was a great coaching job by Trisha Binford. A good run by Weber State. Valenda Harris, her first tournament win. So uh, they, they play hard and they do have some talent. So good job by them. But I, I think that Montana State, just the way that they play so confidently and the way that they're able to adjust on the fly, uh, I think that with Idaho State out, I think that now Montana State, they are among the tournament favorites. But I think the other tournament favorite is who, who MSU plays tonight, and that's Idaho. I think we're seeing this tournament with all of the postponements that turned into rescheduled games. To me, it's not a coincidence that, like, the Portland State men, they're only the 7th seed, but they've won 9 out of 12. Right. The Sac State men are the 9th seed, but they've won 5 out of 7. And you look at Idaho, they're the 6th seed in the women's tournament, but they've now won 8 out of 9, and it's because they had a hard time finding it early. Now they got it late, and they breezed by Southern Utah. It's going to be a heck of a game tonight between Montana State and Idaho. Well, I was really impressed. Obviously, Sydney Gandy came on strong and hit some nice threes at the guard position. Yep. But I look at Idaho, and I see the length of a beyond be a Louise Forsyth and a Tiana Johnson, the transfer from Sac State that jumped in the transfer portal. They're over six feet in the wing position. It's really hard to change a shot with a perimeter shooter that's over six feet that has a three-point shot. And they've got multiple weapons, which is interesting for Idaho. We've always known that they had offensive weapons, but all, not necessarily height in that position that can rebound and run the break. Beyonce B is a player that can get a rebound and lead the break down the floor. So I think Idaho is a sleeper, if you would say, and, and they could really surprise. Absolutely. Tonight. It's just hard to say that John Dooley is a sleeper because he's so good in this tournament, but Idaho definitely is a This year, this year exactly. to be a sleeper. I think that people yeah. did doubted them. They had For some sure. real problems in conference early on, and so I think if you want to say this, they were a sleeper now in re considering regular season. But John Dooley has played in four championships right. since we moved to a neutral site. Exactly. And so out of he's more than any other team. Well, and so, he also led Idaho to the championship game in the WAC three years before that, yes, too. So, I mean, yes. he's been in neutral site tournaments. All right, bad word to use, <laughs> Exactly. Well, around the Big Sky Women's Hoops of Chris Redpath, this week it's presented by Man Mortgage. Man Mortgage tried, trusted, and proven. 
two more things for you then, Krista. The first semifinal, Northern Colorado and NAU are on the floor. This was maybe an unpredictable matchup. We didn't know that these two teams were going to be playing, so we didn't really think about how they might match up. What are the keys to this game for either side? Well, I'll tell you this. Northern Colorado turns the ball over a lot. They do. And Krista Matillo has said that that has been an Achilles heel for her. And oftentimes the teams that don't beat Northern Colorado are the ones that aren't able to capitalize on that. Northern Arizona is actually a really good transition team. Well, great transition. And so my, my concern there is Coach Payne looks for those opportunities, and if UNC turns the ball over a lot, NAU will make them pay. And so I think you're going to see that type of a dynamic. I also think that I love the way UNC changes up their defenses. Like, she's not afraid to run zone on a make, man on a miss. Like, she changes it up. And Coach Payne, uh, more offensive-oriented, we'll see how they adjust to that. Northern Colorado's trademark zone, which Matillo has really employed well, it's, it makes it really tough in arenas like this, too, because this is a hockey arena. So behind the basket, it's just weird sight lines. It's not what you're usually used to where you have bleachers or, like, elevated stands. It's a flat background. So I do think that if you play zone, it dares the other team into shooting shots that maybe they're not comfortable shooting. Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops presented in part as part of our tournament takeover by Aspen Sound, car and boat stereos, tent and auto starts, and more. Visit Aspen Sound in Missoula on Broadway or visit AspenSound.com. The nightcap is what a lot of our listeners are going to be looking forward to featuring uh, a old familiar foe for the Bobcats in Idaho. Montana State versus Idaho. This is the third year in a row they've played in the semifinals, and it's always a good matchup when uh, John Newley and Trisha Binford go head-to-head. I think there's just such history for with sure. that relationship and that rivalry, and I do think that that part of it just makes it interesting, but we'll see who steps up for various personnel. Uh, we saw Cola Badbear have an incredible game. Darian just doing Darian things. Um, and well, she's going to have her, she's going to be tested, though, For against sure. an Idaho team that likes to get up and put up shots. And they're also going to be on her. They will they will pick her up and make her fight for points. And I also think that watching Darian defend is such a treat for all of us. And so I'm excited about that. And we'll see the matchup. Again, Idaho, not necessarily a great center game. For and sure. so, you know, we talk about true centers in the league. And I don't know if Montana State or Idaho have the true center. So I think we're going to see some forwards that are agile, and we'll see some matchups between Cola Bad Bear and Beyonce B, and we'll see who's able to make their biggest impact. Number four, Northern Arizona versus number eight, Northern Colorado, 530. Number two, Montana State versus number six, Idaho at 8 p.m. You can find Chris Redpath on the College Jenny Cavanaugh on ESPN+. Plus. Be sure to tune in. This is Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops with Chris Redpath, presented by Man Mortgage. Krista, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Coulter. You want us now, ESPN Radio, out of basketball, into football, Bobby Houck. Next, keep it right here, 102.9 FM, ESPN Missoula. The advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today. Or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. We can stay here, but I fear our time has come. We can ride out in the darkness and 
Television. Thanks for joining us. If you don't see us on the TV, it's because we're not there. We are here, downtown Boise, Idaho, Idaho Central Arena. The Big Sky Tournament rages on. The first day of the men's tournament in the books. Sacramento State. Portland State and Eastern Washington all moving on in the first round of the Big Sky Men's Tournament. A thrilling one in the final game of the Men's Tournament. Eastern Washington pulls out a 78-75 win over Northern Arizona. So the Eagles, the defending tournament champions, they avoid the upset bid from the number 11 Northern Arizona Lumberjacks. So first day of the Men's Tournament in the books. Two days of the women's tournament all the way through. And the final four of the women's tournament will begin here in about half an hour. We'll step outside basketball and talk a little football. I caught up with Montana head coach Bobby Houck. Some key storylines from Grizz football as they are entering their second week of spring ball. Our tournament takeovers presented in part by Aspen Sound. Cars and boats, stereos, auto starts and more. Visit Aspen Sound of Missoula or Broadway on Broadway or visit AspenSound.com. Bobby Houck from last week. Sunny afternoon, Washington Grizzly Stadium. You're probably listening to this on a Wednesday here on Nuanas now, but we're coming to you on a Friday down here. I'm with Montana head coach Bobby Houck. And, Coach, uh, it seems like you guys were just playing football in Harrisonburg, Virginia, and here we are, spring football. So what would you like about the last couple months? What did you guys get accomplished between your playoff loss and, and uh, now back out here for day three of spring ball? Well, that's a sign you're getting old yeah, when right. you start saying time flies. <laughs> but uh, It's good to be back out here. I like uh, – I like how our off season has been so far, and we've had some good practices and excited about today. Winter conditioning always a huge proving ground for, for guys that play for the Grizz. So anything different you did this year, or was it status quo? What did you think of the intensity of the workouts the last couple months? Well, it's been good. In fact, our guys breezed through it pretty well, so I don't know if we're, we're backing off or what. We've got to go analyze that. But our, our guys handled everything pretty well, and uh, I think we're in – in good shape as far as the first few, few practices have shown. Well, that was one thing I talked with Jace Lewis at the end of the year about last year. He was saying that the, the irony of the, the time off, the COVID year, all that stuff was this how supremely physically conditioned you guys were. It seemed like that during fall camp last year. It seemed like that during the season too. So do you feel like there's just been some carryover where everybody's in, been able to sort of maintain and then up their levels in that aspect? Well, I don't know the yeah. answer to that, but I do know that we've been – we look strong. We look uh, fit. So, uh, I mean, that lends itself to good preparation, good practice. What we need is improvement. So let's uh, hope this spring, you know, what you just mentioned, let's hope this spring that carries forth. 
I know that uh, there's, a, there's an opportunity for guys to really make waves when it comes to the winter conditioning stuff in the weight room with their gains and stuff like that. Is there anybody in particular that stood out that had, had tremendous gains or maybe that put themselves in a position to come prove themselves out here? Well, I don't, I don't, it's so hard to judge over a, you know, a month and a half in the, in the, in the winter, but, uh, you know, our older guys look strong and ready to go and our younger guys look like they, they have need work, generally speaking. Bobby Houck here on ESPN Radio. Let's just go position by position quickly, Coach. I mean, quarterback is going to be what everybody's asking about. you got a uh, six-year senior on his way out the door in Cam Humphrey, but you still have Chris Brown on the roster, Robbie Patterson. You guys bring in Lucas Johnson, a transfer from San Diego State. So what are you looking for in this quarterback competition, and how much progress can be made in spring? Well, don't forget uh, Dan Britt. Uh, oh, of course, out of Vegas, yeah. Well, so, uh, we just want competition. Um, every day matters, and... We need to make progress. We need to, and it's, we'll talk about the quarterbacks. I'm going to say the same thing about every position. We have a lot of young guys, and we need to make progress and become better players. Offensive line is always a huge priority, but losing your two tackles, how big of a concern is that? Well, we'll see how we feel about the guys that are that are here now uh, after spring practice, but uh I think they look good. They look the part, and I think we'll be all right. It's been a developmental position in Montana for a long time on the offensive line. So now that you're here, uh, been here, been back for several years now, do you expect that element to have made progress, just the, the, the develop, development of some of the younger guys you guys have brought in? Yeah, I, you know, those guys take a long time to get ready to go play in a game and compete at a high level. Um, as I always say, the guys we get here don't come out of high school ready to play at the Division One level. They're... You know, they're they're tall, athletic kids that need to have time in the weight room. Or in some cases, they're real big kids that need to take weight off and then get rebuilt. So um, hopefully that's what's going to transpire over the next eight months. Well, I, uh, I got a group text with some guys that are pretty big Grizz fans. And the, the picture that came across after the first day of spring ball was a picture of Marcus Knight. And they said, you know, praise the Lord, this guy is back. So you must, it must be good to have uh, an All-American running back back, especially since that position got so banged up last year. Yeah, it's good to have some depth back at running back. And, and specifically Marcus he won't get a whole bunch of work this spring, but, you know, those things take what they take the amount of time they take. It's as different as we are individually, but uh, good to have Marcus back and ready to go. And the other guy that people have been asking about is Junior Bergen because he had such a great freshman year and he played so many different roles. Where are you guys going to be working him the most here during this spring period? Well, I think I think he'll play at wide receiver. That's where we recruited him, and, you know, he did a great job coming in and playing running back. and. Uh, the return game is going to be a piece of it for him. He showed he's pretty dynamic there. So he's a versatile guy, and, and uh, uh, wide receiver will be his primary position. And speaking of Billing Senior, people are always asking about Gabe Solser too. So is he back healthy, and uh, what sort of progress can he make this spring? Well, he will be. Yeah. All that stuff takes time, but he, he'll be fine. Um, on the other side of the ball, we're watching the defense right here, and the, these guys look pretty pretty good physically. So uh, a lot of guys return. You do lose a couple key members, but what do you think just overall the defensive unit, and is it possible to take the next step as a defensive unit since you guys were so good on defense last year? Yeah, you know, I would say you could argue it was maybe as good a defense sure. as we've ever had here at Montana last year. And so to, to say we're going to be better, I don't know. That really depends on how far we progress. We've got young guys that need to come in and and uh make some plays for us which means they've got to improve this spring and this summer but 
we have a chance to be good on defense again, I think. And one guy I wanted to ask you about on the defensive line is Alex Gubner. We talked about his progression during the season last year, and he ended up being an all-conference guy, but it seems like now, coming into his junior year, he could, he could really be you know maybe one of those top-tier-level interior defensive linemen. Well, I think he was a year ago. Yeah. I mean, no, if my opinion counts, he was as good or better than anybody else in the league, so uh, we kind of expect that to continue. You know, he's had a dramatic rise from what he was when he walked in the door to what he is now and I think he's one of the better players in our conference. And the defensive end spots, Justin Belknap and Joe Babros were two of the oldest guys I've ever covered. So uh, how do you replace that sort of experience on the edge? Well, that's college football. You know, <laughs> right. you seniors leave and, and some of the younger guys need to step it up and uh, that's why we're out here practicing. And Jace Lewis was so productive in that spot. Everybody asked you all offseason last year, how do you replace Dante Olsen? Those inside guys didn't seem to really miss a beat. But with Jace moving on, who do you expect to sort of step up in that spot? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, that's why we're out here. We evaluate every day. Should be really competitive to see who gets to do that. Uh, you know, I think that's a, a deep and group that has some ability in it, so we should be okay there. I, I don't know who that's going to be just yet. We're too early on. And last question, just spring ball in general. Do you still have the same affinity for it? Do you like spring ball like, like you always have? Yeah, I do. It's my favorite time of year. You get to coach them and get to watch a lot of growth, and I think this spring will be an example of that. As young as our football team is, with all the freshmen and sophomores out here, I think we'll get to see a lot of growth this spring. I guess real last question, that you guys do have so many young guys. So um, what's the learning curve like when they're maybe in their just first or second spring balls? Well, that's individual. You know, some guys pick things up fast, and, and some of them take a long time to understand and know what they're going to do. So uh, we'll just come out here and work hard every day, and, and I think we have a group that's really willing to put in the work, so we should have good growth. Bobby Houck here on Nuanas Now, part of our tournament takeover. Coach Houck and the Grizz rolling through spring ball. MSU does not start spring ball for about 15 more days. They're going to be going at it after spring break. Our tournament takeover brought to you in part by the Silver Slipper. The Slipper's got tons of TVs to watch the games on, great specials, daily drink deals, and great service. Only at the Silver Slipper across from Walmart on Highway 93. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you hot. Nuanas Now will get kicked off hour number two with Tanaka Beard, one of the great players to ever play play in the Big Sky Conference and the head analyst alongside myself and Mary Lou's Cook for the ESPN live stream pregame each and every day. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. 
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.